guys look incredible today. Amen? Just look at somebody and say, you look incredible today. Now look at your second choice and tell them they look credible, incredible too. Amen. Love to see the reds. Boy, the Giles family, you guys, man, liven it up here. Come on. Wow. God is good, isn't he? Amen. I, I'm just gauging. We're, we're doing some tweaking with the sound and all that good stuff, and I'm just kind of gauging you. Am I a little loud? Am I all right? Sound all right? All right. Good. I like it. You know, I had planned this week to look into a, starting a series on prayer. Joy, just want to say good to see you. The, the bionic woman is here. Got new knees, you know, ready to roll now. Um, doing a series on prayer, but what I was checked with this week is, is really talking about what is the motive behind what we do. What is the motive behind our commission that God gave us? When we look at Matthew chapter 28, 16 through 20 there, we talk about Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, right? Teaching them to obey all things I've commanded with, commanded you to, right? And, Lord, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. When you think of the great commission that God's given us, what is the motive behind our prayer? Because, ultimately, if we believe that God's called us to mission, if we believe God's called us to expand the kingdom of God in the world today, then we also must understand that that should, be the, that should be the understanding behind all of our force towards following Him is to uh, express the passion of His heart. Amen? And so when I think about that, I think of, you know, the love that God has for us. I have to go back to the very root cause of the mission that God gave us and to look at how He expressed that mission to us, Right? And I believe that the apex scripture that's given to us that we see so often that really, truly displays the mission of God, the, the um, I guess, how he best expresses the gospel in all the books in one verse is John 3, 16, right? For God so loved the world. Can you imagine that? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, that whoever we believe in him, would not perish, but have eternal or everlasting life. Isn't that amazing? How an awesome, glorious, mighty God loves every single one of us. Now look, it seems so simplistic because, because we hear it so often. We see it on billboards. We see it on bumper stickers. We see it at ball games. John 3.16. Because it seems like everybody knows the scripture. And, and honestly, it's almost overwhelming to even begin to preach such a scripture because of the depths of its meaning. Even though it's so simplistic, the depths of the love of God is an ocean that's so large it's even incomprehensible to swim it. And yet, God wants us to understand how much he loves every single one of us, isn't the love of God amazing? See, I don't know what you went through this week. I don't know what journey 
you had to face through this week. I don't know what trial you had to overcome or, or what hit you. I think of, I think of Martin, uh, I think of Steve Mosier this week who had to watch his wife pass away. And I think of the, the, the pain that he felt and the heartache he felt of seeing his wife slip away, knowing, but knowing by God's grace that she entered into that heavenly home, she just changed addresses, but still what she faces, and then recognizing that the love of God is right there with him. Amen? On the other side of that, I, I think of Brant and Sandra Hicks, who at, the, at 3 o'clock or 2 o'clock in the morning on Saturday or Friday morning, Saturday morning, brought in this little baby boy, Abraham, Abe. And how joyous that uh, seven pound, five ounce, thir no, 5.13 ounce baby is. That's, that's eight pounds in my book. I don't know about you, right? 20 inches long and how precious that little child is. And to think of the love of God in such a moment like that. The love of God is so amazing, isn't it? The love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong. Come on. The saints and angels call. How measureless, how marvelous, how how overwhelming, how incomprehensible is such a love that God has for every single one of us. How often we often take for granted that love that he has given us. How often we overlook, how often we feel displaced from, how often we feel abandoned by because of our own decisions and walk, and yet that love is never failing Yet that love is always available. Yet that love has never left us. Who can separate us from the love of God, the word says. Come on, somebody. How marvelous is his great love for us. How glorious is that love. When I think about this text, I think about the context of where it is written. And it is a partially an answer to Nicodemus who asked the question, Can I be, how can I be born again? How can I... How can I, do, do I enter back into my mother's womb? How does that happen? And, and Jesus began to explain to him of what it means to be born of the Spirit of God and how we need to understand that there's a difference between walking in the flesh and walking in the Spirit. There's so many people who have a knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, yet who are trying to walk out their relationship with Jesus Christ in the flesh, in their own abilities in their own mannerisms, in their own giftedness, in their own power. And yet we understand that it is not by our own ability that we're able to walk in such a way because it is only by the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. You have to be born of the Spirit. Look, sometimes we, we, we have gotten into mentalities of, I hear this word often, I'm trying. How many of you ever said, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to live for Jesus. 
I'm trying to do my best. I'm trying. But at what point do we grasp? I mean, look, this is this blows my mind, Jeff. Blows my mind. That it's not about how much I try. It's about how much I submit. Because in all of my ability, it doesn't matter how much money I put in an offering plate. It doesn't matter how many times I come and sit on a pew. It doesn't matter how many times I jump at a song or clap or sing as loud as I can. It doesn't matter how much I can do for God. It really boils down to, am I committed to His plan, His will? Because He's the only way, truth, and life. And it's only as I am submitted to Him that He can then empower me and live through me and walk Walk righteously for his purpose. Amen. God, help us to recognize that it's not about how much I try. It's about how much I'm submitted to you, Lord. Come on. Right. I mean, look, the Bible tells us a a, a man or a person born again by the Spirit is ruled by the Spirit. Even John 1 Verses 12, guys, I'm sorry I didn't give you the scripture. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become the children of God. Think about that. Everyone who received him, everyone who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become the children of God. I think that sometimes we get into our mentality, well, God created me, so I'm his, so I just, you know, But there's a walk that has to be walked. It's not just a talk to be taught. It's not just a study to be studied. Look, think about this. The Bible says that the demons knew him and they trembled. Right? And to think that God's called us and loves us so much, how much more should we submit to him? How much more should we experience him? How much more should we say, Lord, You are the creator of my life. And Lord, you are the potter and I am the clay. I am submitted to your plan. Shape me, mold me, make me into what you want me to be. Lord, take every part of my life, every detail, make it as you would like it to be because I am yours, God, and you are my God. (laughs) Come on, somebody, amen? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. How great of a love, according to 1 John chapter 3 and 1, how great a love of the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. Isn't that amazing? God's love is so amazing. Wow. I know it's love day, right? I hope at some point you've had an opportunity to share your love with that precious jewel of yours. Amen. I woke up this morning and you know, went to the kitchen and my wife had prepared all these little bags and cards for uh, the many children that we have in our home. The biologicals, the other accepted. <laughs> How precious. I thought, man, she's so thoughtful. And Billy, you know I'm in trouble because there's nothing sitting on my bed for her. I'm <laughs> Oops. What it is. But she's valued very much. And I'm so thankful for her. 
But to think that God loves every one of us so much. Life is not intended, though, for just eat, drink, and be happy and be merry. So many times we get into the mindset that, that you know, I'm going to do what makes me happy. Right? And it's all about my happiness. But in reality, it's not about this life when you recognize that we are created by him and for him and for his purpose when we recognize that all of that, we recognize it's not about us. But the question should be, Lord, are you happy with us? Are you happy with my life? Are you happy with what's going on in my world? Are you happy with what I'm doing? That's why, that's why David said, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in, my, in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redemption. Because he recognized it wasn't about what his abilities was. It's not about what he could say that would make himself happy. That everything he did, he wanted to make sure he was honoring and glorifying the king of glory. Amen. No wonder the Bible says, do all to the glory of God. Right? Whether you eat or whether you drink, do all to the glory of God. Because our life is to glorify the king of kings and lord of lords. Amen. If this mic is messing up and I need to get a different one, I don't mind. All right. We're good. I'm going to move forward. I'm talking about the amazing love of God. Because God's love is amazing, isn't it? God's love is just so awesome. I mean, when you think that, if you go on in that scripture, and you're looking at John chapter 3, and you recognize that, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten whosoever believed in him was not perished but have everlasting life. You know, Jesus, just before that, began talking about it. He, he's like, look, I have to be lifted up. Right? He's, he's alluding to Numbers chapter 21 where it's talking about Moses and how the Israelites were being attacked by serpents. And he... And, 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 the Lord told Moses to take a serpent and put it up on a staff, right? And the people looked at it. And when they looked at that, they were healed. And Jesus said, just like that, the Son of Man has to be lifted up. Think about how much the Lord loves you that he was willing to be lifted up on the cross of Calvary. So much so that he was willing to take the sufferings and the beatings and, the, and, and how they literally plucked his beard out and how they put a crown of thorns you would think that as the Son of God who came from glory down to this earth that he would see a, a crown with riches and all the beautiful stones, but yet he received a crown of thorns so that you and I could have life and life more abundant, so that you and I could experience the liberty of the power of the Holy Spirit, so that you and I don't have to walk in sin, so that you and I don't have to continue out the bondage of, of the pain of the past that we can walk in the fellowship of the divine knowing that we have the freedom of the power of the Holy Spirit renewed by him thank God for what Jesus Christ was willing to do if I be lifted up he said I will draw all men unto me if I be lifted up what's he talking about if I am crucified if I give my life if I surrender myself voluntarily taking on the weight of the sin of the world. That's how much he loves us. How amazing is the love of God. How amazing is the grace of God. How amazing is the presence and power of God. Thank you, Jesus. The cross was a divine imperative for every single one of us. 
But just to think, God so loved the world. Kim, that just amazes me because, you know, it's not just talking about the world in, in its original state of how he made it and how it was glorious and beautiful and how it was perfect and everything was in order. I mean, who, who could not love that? Who could not love something beautiful, something euphoric, glorious? Who would love it? Come on, bar to seat right here. I mean, you know, Dwayne, sitting out on the hammock, enjoying the beautiful palms, the beach. Or maybe you're a mountain person. Would you backpack on and hiking? And I mean, who couldn't love that? Who couldn't love a, a person that loved them back? Who couldn't love someone who, who's audaciously loving you? Isn't it easy to love somebody who loves you? We say, God so loved the world. He's not talking about just the, the perfect world that he created. He's talking about those who turned their back on him. He's talking about a world. That was condemned by sin. A world that is now cursed by sin and having to feel the pain and weight of, of the decisions that, that people make. And how many know that sin affects everybody? Right? Sin affects us all. And it is that world that the love of Jesus was extended to. God so loved the world. The world that was broken. The world that has that has found itself in a pickle, if you will. The world has found itself overwhelmed by sin. The world that's longing, as the Bible says, groaning for its creator to come and redeem it. That's the world the Lord himself said, I love the world. Wow. Thank you, God. Because I don't know about you, but I wasn't always perfect. As if I am now. I, I don't get it right all the time. I don't make all the right decisions. I don't do everything like I want to do. Right? Yes, Lord. So, to think about that. That the Lord, even in my most broken state, even in the place where it was me who was causing the pain to others. How many of y'all remember the old days when you had the big speakers in your back, back of your car? Pam, I know you was one of them. I, could, I knew it. I went to church because I was made, right? And I caused so much pain to those who were trying to love on me and care for me. I would drive up with my MTX 12-inch woofers booming, boom, boom. And I would wait till I was late to church so that I could let everybody know that I made it. <laughs> I wasn't always. Somebody said, how do you know about all that, Pastor? I said, because I wasn't always saved. 
God's grace. God's amazing grace, God's overwhelming riches of his love is so awesome that he loves me enough that even in my broken state, according to Romans chapter 5 and 8, that even while I was still in the depths of my sin, that he loved me enough to die on the cross for me, he loved you and me that much. Thank God for the love of God. Thank God for that he loved the world. Even in its broken state, even though it had turned its back on him, even though we had gone astray, he still loves us. Amen? I know this is probably elementary for you, but isn't it great to remember how great the love of God is? Isn't it great to remember that, that he loves us so much that he was willing to pay the sin debt for us, death on the cross? So love the world. You know, somebody said salvation is the greatest gift that God could give, but really it's Jesus. Jesus, the only begotten Son of God, is the greatest gift that we could ever receive because in Jesus we have salvation. In Jesus we have healing. In Jesus we have deliverance. In Jesus we have eternal life. In Jesus, come on, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave us Jesus so that we can be found in Christ Jesus, holy and righteous. Not a righteousness of our own. Because the Bible says our righteousness is as filthy rags. But we have a righteousness in Christ Jesus. Come on. A holiness of God and finding ourselves in him we find the peace of God. Peace with God and peace with others. Amen. The greatest thing is that, is that we didn't have to find ourselves worthy of it. We didn't have to find ourselves in a position. You know, I, I've, I've knocked on a many a doors. People thought I was Jehovah's Witness for a long time. <laughs> I finally stopped wearing the, the white shirt and the skinny tie. I'm just playing, I'm sorry. But I have knocked on many doors to hear people say that, oh, I'm, I'm good. Me and Jesus got our own thing going. I cringe when I hear it. I cringe when people say, me and Jesus got our own thing going. I, no. Mm -mm. You're either doing Jesus' thing or you're not doing the thing. Right? I mean, you're either, you're either submitted to him or you're not. But I am thankful that he said, whoever will call, whosoever will call on the name of the Lord, whoever, because that included me, amen? That included this bonehead right here that your mama told you about. Amy, don't you be laughing. Included me who had made multiple mistakes included me who had been abused it included me who had found myself in the depths of sin it included me I don't know where you came from but it included you too and that's the amazing love of God that he loves us so much that no matter what you've been through no matter what your past has painted the picture of your life about he still loves you 
and He still cares and He wants you to draw near to Him. But guess what? Not only is the love of God amazing, it is compelling. Because if we accept this love that Christ has given us, we also accept the commission that He's called us to. Because it's not that God has called us to sit on a pew and suck some heat or air condition or whatever we are got on at the moment. God's called us to walk in the light as He is the light. Having fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus covers us from a multitude of sin. He's called us not just to enjoy the benefits of the relationship but to be a perpetuator of those benefits to the world. He's called us. He says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He's called us to be perpetuators of the kingdom of God. There's a world who needs to experience the love of God. All they see is hate. All they see is bickering. All they see is fighting. You can't turn on the news without hearing some type of argument. You know, the news used to be where they talked about what's going on. But now... You can't turn it on unless somebody's arguing across the desk at somebody else about their own opinions about what's going on. So we, we live in a divided world who's struggling with what's right and what's wrong, who's struggling with what is love, what is the compassion, and, and, and they've turned their back on God and they're so deceived by thinking that love is just acceptance of everything that is around us and yet they do not understand the love of God. They don't understand how much God loves them. They don't understand their, their identity in Christ. They don't understand the passion of God. They don't understand that God's created them for purpose and they're lost searching for something and they're searching in all the wrong ways. Searching for love in all the wrong places. I'm glad I got some help. Searching for love. And yet we have this treasure. Come on. We have this treasure contained in earthen vessels. The love of God. How rich and pure. How measureless is that love that indwells every single one of us. And we have the ability to express that love. We have the ability to share that love. When Jesus brought Peter back into the fold after he denied him three times, his words were this, Peter, do you love me? And what was, what was the idea? If you love me, then feed my sheep. If you love me, then, then there's an action that has to be performed. If you love me, then keep my commandment. What is my commandment? To love your neighbor as yourself. Because love is not just the Lord saying, I love you. The passion of Christ Jesus was the greatest expression of his love when he says, I will love you even to the cross of Calvary. I will love you to the depths of the world. I will love you with my whole self. I will put it on the cross. I will bleed out. I will let it all go because I love you that much. And because of that great love, God wants us to express that love. Think of 1 John chapter 4, 9, 
says, by this love of God was, was manifest in us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. Wow. Goes on, says verse 10, in this love, not that we loved God, but he loved us and sent his son to be the, propiti the propitiation for our sins. What does that mean? Literally, Christ Jesus gave us the victory because his love. He atoned for our sin. Many have different views of what atonement looks like, but I look at atonement as he, he gave us the greatest victory ever done because he defeated death, hell, and the grave on the cross of Calvary. I no longer am bound to the wages of sin, which is death, but I have the gift of God, which is eternal life in Christ Jesus. He came to love me enough that he broke the curse of sin. I am now forgiven. Somebody needs to hear the word forgiven. I'm now forgiven. And those who forgive shall be forgiven come on somebody I'm forgiven of all the past sins I'm forgiven and also also forgave because Christ forgave me amen amen goes on in verse 13 by this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he gave he has given us the spirit so if we are walking in the love of God, then we should also have the Spirit of the Lord in us, and the Spirit of the Lord shall display something. What shall it display? The fruit of the Spirit. Amen? Somebody said, I'm, I'm, practicing, the, 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 I'm practicing them fruits. Look, if the Holy Spirit's in you, just let Him have His way. Just admit, hey, I want the Spirit of the Lord to grow in me. I want to release every area that I'm holding on to, everything that I've, that I've clung to of my identity of the past. I, in the name of Jesus, I renounce every, everything that I have held on to, that I have found comfort in, whether it be brokenness, whether it be abuse, whether it be unforgiveness, whether it be all of those things, I let loose of that in Jesus' name and I surrender to the presence and power of God that the fruit of God might be expressed in this vessel in Jesus' name. Amen. John 15, verse 12 says, this is, the com this is my commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. Verse 13, greater love has no one than this than a man lay down his life for his friends. Jesus considers you a friend that he was willing to lay down his life to. Isn't that amazing? Wow, thank you, Jesus. Verse 16 says, you, of, of John 15, verse 16 says, You did not choose me, but I chose you. Come on. And appointed you that you would, that you would go and bear fruit, that your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give to you this Verse, he says verse, again, verse 17, he's repeating himself, verse 12. This I command you, that you love one another. Look, I'm closing. We live in such a world that is so resentful 
so antagonizing. If you do this to me, I'm going to do it back to you. Revengeful. I mean, whether you're looking at the political side or just everyday life, people have become so revengeful in life, angry, bitter. And yet God's called us to a, a different manner of life. For, for the Bible says that the weapons of your warfare are not carnal, but made mighty through pulling down of strongholds. Come on. What does that warfare look like? What does that weaponry look like? Well, I'm telling you, the greatest weapon that we have is the weapon of love. You can say, well, it's the sword of the Spirit. Well, I mean, if you boil all of that down, sword of the Spirit, Jesus said, I'm the Word. And Jesus, being God, God says, I am love. So it all boils down to this. The greatest weapon that we have is love. I've never, I've never seen anyone won to the Lord by hate. I've never seen anyone won to the Lord by returning vengeance. I've never seen anyone won to the Lord by holding their sin against them. But I tell you what, here's what the Bible just defines. He says, love your enemies. Love those who despitefully use you. Love them. He, said, he, he even says this, if you love them, it's like heaping coals of fire on their head. Come on. And not that we want to see coals of fire on their head for vengeance, but for them to have an awakening moment. Sister Moore, I want, to, I want to see God move in such a way that the presence of God and the power of God and the love of God invades the darkness. And the love is so brilliant in that people are longing for it because of their abuse and because of the hatred. And when they truly experience love, it is overwhelming. Amen? Maybe you've been there. Maybe you were raised in an environment where you never experienced somebody that really loved you and cared for you, someone who, who was compassionate for you. Maybe it was rough and tough in your home environment. Maybe it was confusing and seemed as if, does anybody love me? Does anybody care? Maybe that's the way you feel right now. Because we had a, forgive me, we had a, a meeting recently, a district overseer meeting, and on the phone with a hundred pastors. And I heard over and over again how, how pastors are struggling with depression, struggling with with just having the motivation daily to live because of the overwhelming hatred that they're experiencing. And 
I'll tell you, folks, everybody faces hardship. Everybody faces struggles. I, look, I put on my, my old blue jeans just like everybody else, one leg at a time. I depend on Jesus just as much as anybody else. I'm tempted like everybody else. I still am living in this fleshly body, how broken it might be. And so I'm still waging a war. As the Apostle Paul said, I find this member in my body. Come on. And just like you, I'm thankful for the love of God. And I'm thankful for brothers and sisters who are willing to come alongside and say, we're here together. We're not alone. And this morning, I don't know where you are. I don't know what you've been facing. I don't know the battle you've been fighting. But I've just come to remind you that the love of God is still available for you. His passion and His care is still there to help you through your trial. Maybe you don't feel it. Maybe you're wondering, is it there? I'm here to remind you, if you will submit yourself to Him, He's able to keep that which is entrusted to Him. Don't hang on to it by yourself. Don't feel like you're alone. Don't try to carry all the burdens by yourself. Know that God is with you. He says this, Come unto me, all who are weary and heavy laden or burdened down, and I will give you rest, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What's He saying? He's saying, you're not carrying it by yourself. I'm walking with you. You're not meant to carry, be the beast of burden to carry it by yourself. He says this. He said, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. When we work together, when we're yoked together, then when we're the body of Christ, we exemplify what Christ has done for us. And we carry each other. This morning, if you're saying, I need some, I need somebody to come up under this load with me. I need some help. I need somebody to walk beside me. I need, I need to experience the love of God again. I need, I need, I need a touch from God. Would you make your way? Would you say, Pastor, I need that touch this morning. I've been burdened and I've been carrying it. And it's been heavy, and I need Jesus to touch me this morning. Would you make your way? Would you find a place? There's plenty of room to spread out if you want to find a place. Would you come and you say, I need Jesus this morning. I need his touch this morning. I need him. Jesus. Come on. Come on. Yes. Yes. You're not alone. You're not by yourself. You've not been forgotten. trap of of society looking at every article 
that you see out there of the political side of our world and we recognize that it's chaotic. And maybe that has you a little down or depressed, but this morning I'm here to tell you that the kingdom of God is still sovereign. The kingdom of God is, is still active and the king of glory is still sitting on his throne. And this morning, whatever you're feeling, whatever you're burdened down about, would you just submit it to the king of glory? Jesus, Jesus. pray in the name of Jesus right now for those who've made their way forward God that they would find a peace in you that they'll find a hope in you to recognize that the canvas of their life though it might seem marred to them is being perfected in the hands of the master for you are the author and the finisher of our faith and Lord you are you are putting the paint on the on the canvas. You are putting together the masterpiece that you've called them to be. And no matter how dark it might look at the moment, God, I pray that the light of the Holy Spirit will shine through on their canvas and they'll see the hope of glory coming after them. That they'll see the presence and the love of God shining through them and knowing that their trial is not... It's not worth, God, it's not, it's not overwhelming to them to know that the fact is their life is being a light to others. Their trials being a light to others just help others realize that they are making it because of your grace and your mercy. Thank you, Jesus. 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 experience 
perfect love. But I pray that you give that love to others who need to experience it. Amen. Amen. At this moment, I have uh, some folks who have asked to become members of our local congregation. And if you don't mind waiting with me about five minutes, that's what that'll take. So I'm going to ask the Davises if you guys are coming. Come on, see. You know, y'all stand right here. Membership is not entrance into heaven. But membership says that I want to be committed to the kingdom of God. And, and you know, we, as a part of the kingdom of God, I mean, we recognize that we're not the only church going to heaven. Come on. But how do we become committed as we become committed to a local congregation? We commit ourselves to being to an accountable body that where we can use our gifted giftedness and talents, where we can say, I want to be a part of of a local congregation. And I, I commend these who have decided today to, to make that step. And I'm I'm super thankful for you guys. Um, I want you to know that your 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 addition is a great addition because your compassion and love is so wonderful and your talents are awesome. So I'm going to ask you a few questions this morning as I'm required to do. I need to put my glasses on here. The older I get, the more I need these. You realize in presenting yourself for membership that you are assuming a solemn obligation and it's expected that you will always be true to your promise and faithfully fulfill and discharge your obligations as a loyal member. Thanks, Ron. Do you publicly confess that, that you, and testify that you know the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior? You're willing to walk in the light of the Scripture as, as it shines on your path. You're willing to abide by and subscribe to the discipline of the Church of God as outlined by the Scriptures and set forth in the minutes of the International General Assembly. You're willing to support the Church with your attendance, uh, your temporal means, and to the best of your ability as the Lord prospers you. Do you agree to be subject to the counsel and admonition of those who are over you in the Lord? Is there any member that would object? If so, we can meet behind the church. Just making sure. <laughs> anyway, by the authority that the Lord has given me as a part of the Church of God, it is my pleasure to welcome you as members of the Church of God and more specifically to Alcoa Maryville Church of God. We're thankful for you, thankful for uh, the investment that I believe you're going to make as, as members, as a part of using your gifts and talents for this church. 
and I'm super excited for you guys. Can we give these guys a big hand? Amen. Normally, in old-fashioned days, pre-corona days, we would have, like, the church to come up and shake hands and be friendly, but since we're in corona days, we're not doing that right now, but receive a big hug from all of us and know that you are are a blessing to us. Guys, I love you. I appreciate you. Remember next week, we're having a dinner after church. Uh, we would love everyone to, to, per come and, to come and participate. It is a fundraiser for our middle school. Uh, they're, doing a, um, they're doing a retreat in March, and so the funds will go towards uh, their um, event. Um, but we also will have a display of all of the life groups and ministries that are operating right now. We'd love you to come and and see what that looks like and see where you can get plugged in and be a part of. We're thankful for all of you guys. God bless you. This guests and visitors, we thank you so much for being here. If you have any questions and, and we can help you in any way, we love you. My phone number personally is in the bulletin. If you need me, uh, you can get a hold of me. God bless you. Have a blessed day. I said, can't nobody do me like Jesus. Okay.